0: Brain, let's work now.
1: And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep making animated Star Wars, Hope, Molmax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to J-Guys and Jedi. A project that began with Clone Wars, and now may never end.
0: Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of The Mandalorian. In this episode, The Mandalorian joins a crew of mercenaries on a dangerous mission. There will be Grogu is the Hide and Seek Champion, we kill Anakin Skywalker, I i not actually... And I'm actually going to talk a lot about Mayfield this week, so here we go! We're talking about The Mandalorian Chapter 6, The Prisoner this week. How you doing, Cleus?
2: I'm doing, I'm doing good.
0: I'm doing alright, too. A little bit busy. It's been a busy kind of few days, but... You know how it goes?
2: I was up I am... on a roof chopping ice today. At least you don't oh. you don't have to do nothing like that down oh in my... Georgia.
0: That sounds horrible.
2: it was it wasn't bad i enjoyed it was a break from routine and it was it, it wasn't like a slanted roof either it was a flat roof you know so i guess the only sketchy part was initially climbing up the ladder and getting up there but it was we got a good ladder and it was it was uh pretty we had a little leak and there's a drain up on the roof and it had been you know iced over so i got to go up there with a shovel and chop it out and clear it out
0: oh cool sort of very exciting i don't know if that's that's my
2: that's my my level of that's my excitement level in life now that's how i know i'm in dad mode i'm just like (laughs) i chopped some ice from around the drain today hope you proud of me
0: i just i recently just rewatched the mitchells versus the machines and that's like like almost exactly the dad from that movie of just being like i chopped ice today it was great (laughs)
2: I get that way from shoveling snow too. I, I like actually say things like, I got to shovel, you know, about 18 inches today. You know, I never say I had to, I always say I got to, like reflexively, because I, I enjoy it. Mowing ponds. Yeah.
0: Oh, my goodness. I just watched a really cute YouTube video of a man making his big fluffy dog a snow cave on his back porch. And it was like 17 minutes of just pure serotonin. The so dog great.
2: must have loved that.
0: It was one of those like like big white floofy sled dogs. That's just yeah, like big white and floofy like a
2: Samoyan
0: something uh, like that. Yeah. And, and, and the dog just crawled in the, like in the snow cave and just like fell asleep in the snow cave.
2: Those those <laughs> dogs have big personalities, but boy, when they're young, they are they are energy intensive.
0: <laughs> they I used to are. Know, I used to know one <laughs> named
2: Moogie. It was Moogie, owned by a, a a Polish immigrant billionaire that my dad and I worked worked for for a summer, and he uh, he had bought this dog, and it was just you know it was past puppy and like young, young adult stage and under, you know, under stimulated. And so I would come up there to work. And every time like I'd had, there was a payphone that you had to go to to make any calls was the only phone like on the whole Island. It's a whole story. And, and out, I would see Moogie coming running down the road and I'd just be like, Moogie. And, I love uh, that is- and this 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 dog would be leaping in the end it's like look how excited moogie is to see me and then would start like we'd get a stick and start playing and then like after about a half hour i'd be like all right moogie we're good this is when i was in like high school too so i had some energy and and moogie would just destroy me
0: what a good pupper (laughs) moogie
2: that's such a cute name. Well, yeah, everybody was running around going moogie, 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 moogie because it would make him just spin in circles.
0: I found out from our um, zoo uh, who was our guest last week. In case anyone needs a reminder, wonderful, uh, our wonderful guest. Our, isn't she? And um, man, her, we her... haven't
2: had a clunker yet. It's just like That's uh, you know,
0: true. we've always we've been very very lucky with guests. Yeah, um, but uh, her. Uh, her family's persian and she taught me the persian word, like the like what they call like their like pet name for cats in persian which is uh-huh. Pishi. and Ooh. the idea is you just go pishy 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 and i was like i did that to my cat and my cat just like looked up at me like yes and i was like oh, mad it worked <laughs>
2: well yeah well it's right along the same line as psh, 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 you know but, uh, so it's, like
0: half psh, 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 and half kitty 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 it's like bishy, 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 bishy. Yeah. And
2: I was like, ah, am I, I, li- I like when people yeah. do Kitty, Kitty, Kitty Kitty, but it ends up sounding like they're saying key, the word key over and over again..
0: I'm also super excited because a friend of mine gifted me a new podcasting microphone.
2: how's it How's it sound, everybody?
0: I hope it sounds good because my my last microphone died, like last year. and I have I've been using my laptop mic. So I'm just, I'm so excited. It's my first show with my new podcast microphone and I'm very, I'm well, you, very you, nice you, gift.
2: You can always tell like my trained podcasting microphone ear can always tell when someone's upgraded because at first, like at first glance, it sounds flatter. You know, I don't know if mm-hmm. you, you've been making recordings and listen to it and go, oh, it sounds a little flatter but that's because like the sound of the room is gone and it's just like a cleaner recording. And then after but, about 10 seconds, you get used to it. And it's just like, yeah, that sounds
0: But you know, it's still here. My squeaky chair.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Of course, it's not squeaking now that I'm trying to make it squeak.
2: No, I can hear it. I use WD40 for that. I, do- I wd 40 mine. Mine was getting really bad. So I gave it a blast. Yeah, that's just what I sound like when I breathe.
1: <laughs>
2: that's, that's literally me sleeping at night.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, one day I will get a new computer chair, but it is not this day.
2: I'm sure when I'm sleeping at night, it sounds like a scene from The Exorcist.
0: <laughs> I have... I have started noticing when I nap, because lately I've been sleeping on my back, which I don't always do, but sometimes I I fall asleep, like, I'll be playing Animal Crossing, and I'll just, like, fall asleep with my Switch on me, and if I have, like, if my nose is stuffy, I've started to notice that I'll do, like, the tiniest of snores, but it'll snap me awake immediately, (laughs) and I think I keep scaring myself awake at night, because I keep, like, just being like... (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) So I had to, like, oh, oh. it's been really funny, because I'll just be like...
2: (laughs) (laughs) Every once in a while, I catch myself in that state where you're falling asleep, you're starting to fall asleep, and you're sort of detaching away from the outside world. But then I'll hear the snore, but, you know, it's like you're hearing it, at at a, you know. Like, if I was awake, I'd feel my nostrils flapping back and forth, you know. It would be like you know like when you go you know you can feel your whole face vibrate but when you fall asleep it's just sort of like it's coming over the PA system and it'll just like oh wake me up (laughs) just oh "Oh, wait oh that's me (laughs) and then then all I wake up when I hear is all I hear when I wake up is
0: the worst for me is like I'll start um when I'm like, my brain is still awake, but my body is falling asleep. And like, as I'm dropping into like deep sleep, I get this like weird sense of vertigo almost like where my brain is like, I'm falling. Um, And that happens to me actually quite often. Mostly when I nap, it doesn't really happen to me that often when I sleep at night. But when I nap, sometimes I'll get the sensation that I'm falling. And it's the worst thing because it always yeah, snaps me awake and my heart is racing.
2: <laughs> it's just like it's just like the feeling you get just before you wake up like from a dream where you're falling, you know, that mm-hmm. that same like just like Wah.
0: But it's like my body's moving into deep sleep and my brain's just like No like grabbing like the sides and like clawing its way up back up to awakeness, like I don't wanna go. Anyway, we should talk about Mando. Um, what did you think about this episode?
2: I liked it a lot.
0: I love this episode. <laughs> I I do. I I, I think I liked it a lot
2: better the second time actually.
0: A lot of people call 4, 5 and 6 being sanctuary last week's gunslinger and this one the monster of the week episodes and they tend to get a lot of shit, but I actually think these are like three of the most important episodes of Mando.
2: Well and... that, that that's the th- that's the thing there's always there's never like when you say monster, and, and I sort of had a thought like that while I was watching this, but not quite articulated like that. But um,
0: more like a with, with episodes like say.
2: this that are sort of like in some ways formulaic, or you know, or mo- mo- let's just say monster of the week, you know, Filoni always is building on the larger story too so you know hidden in there is a lot of that stuff so and especially on the second viewing you know so um yeah yeah so um yeah i'll 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 wait till i because i got it in my a lot of stuff in my notes about like why maybe i i like this a lot um the first time but i i think the first half of the the show, I was sort of like, Mear. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't really get into the style of it until it got going. And then when it, it got going, I go, OK, I see what you're doing here. Yeah. And, like, and I have for, a I have a different perspective on it now, but I like it a lot better this time.
0: Because like for me, like episode four is playing on like Den trying to figure out his new life. You know, the first three episodes we talked about is kind of like a little feature movie about like how him and Grogu come yeah. together and like start living. Episode four is about him just trying to figure stuff out, like how to be a dad, what's best for Grogu. So it is an important episode. Episode five is very much a setting episode where it's like showing like what's happening in the galaxy, what's happening in the world. This is what's going on with the Empire. It's also setting up like a lot of future stuff like Boba Fett and Finnick and stuff like that. And then this one for me like is a good character episode because against the backdrop of these mercenaries, we see who Den used to be and versus who he is now that he's like a himbo dad um so I I feel like these three episodes are like really important in three very different ways and they are a lot of groundwork for like the stuff that we're getting now and like season two and like I don't know like Boba Fett and stuff like that so like
2: Oh my God! Episodes. Just uh, not to go into it, but I just uh, when We're I watched the latest Boba Fett. latest book of Boba Fett, that was basically a Mandalorian episode. I almost tech. Oh. I almost just sent you a message in Facebook, just like himborama. Him- he, Bo- him- rama He himboed it up from the beginning to the end of that episode, and it was great. I, I, okay. I they're first... le- They're ju- They're leaning into the himbo with the Mandalorian, and that's. He's such a. He's such a Yeah. It's, it's also... I think they should lean into it, so I'm pretty psyched.
0: It, and it's just, uh, so much of it is also just like, because I, I, I felt this way at first, and, and I still feel like this a little bit, um, but I really liked that the entire episode was about Den, because him and Boba are thematically on the exact same journey. They are the two sides of the same coin, of these two people who have been like, we... Are not technically Mandalorians. People have been like looking down on us because either I'm a clone or I'm a foundling. We've been looked down on our whole life. And yet we are pretty much representing what Mandalorian means. They are both like being and like carving out this new name of like what it is actually to be a Mandalorian and breaking away from these two legacies. One is the legacy of Django Fett. The other one is the, le- the legacy of this cult that Den was raised in. So it actually makes sense a lot thematically because Boba's essentially going through the exact same shit that Den's going through.
2: It's it, you know what? Things. It's kind of like a parallel. It's uh, almost
0: like they're parallel. Kind of like a
2: parallel oh of like the the whole like,
0: like
2: Jedi thing of like you know what makes a Jedi? Is it a bloodline or is it you know, or or can anybody you know or can anybody? And it's the same yeah. sort of thing with with these guys in the Mandalorian. You know, they're they're probably more suited to to like being like a, as far as a good Mandalorian goes. You know, like a Mandalorian that could keep the civilization together. <laughs> Both of them yeah. would be better than like a lot of the like what we've seen in Mandalore's history. So, I you mean, know. If
0: like- if if mandalor is like the skywalkers din and boba are like ezra <laughs> you right, know like right, 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 they're right. these, like people who are just kind of like that were sort of raised in this culture but they kind of get to carve out what it means to be mandalorian for themselves because they don't have this like overarching thing telling them what to do
1: well, well, it's and about, like boba's like trying to, like leave can...
0: this boba's trying to leave this like legacy of bounty hunting and din is trying to leave, trying to so far, he's had seen two different kinds of Mandalorians. Once he was raised in and one with Bo-Katan and her crew. And he's been told nothing but unreliable narrators because Bo-Katan's a fucking unreliable narrator. Right,
1: right.
0: The is an un- unreliable narrator. And I'm just waiting for Sabine to show up and Den's going to be like, what do you mean there's a third choice? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you know, like, so, so much is like Boba and Dan just defining not only who they yeah. are as people, it's- but also like what is being a Mandalorian to them?
2: It's funny. Yeah. Sabine has got to show up, doesn't she? Like, they've already casted
0: her, but I think she's cast in the Ahsoka show.
2: Okay. But like, yeah, she's got to show. Din Djarin's got to meet Sabine because that is the, I, I don't want to say midpoint, but it's the, it's the like healthy,
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, healthy, healthy road, you know, like, you know, like in, it would be the first non, like, just like sort of, Shitty, dysfunctional road on being a on being a Mandalorian. So,
0: <laughs> Din's gonna be like, "How are you well adjusted?" Well, I had a mom, a dad,
1: a Kanan,
0: <laughs> a Hera, a Zeb, <laughs> an Uncle Callis, and then you know, an uncle and an aunt, an aunt Ahsoka, and Ezra's out there somewhere, and he's my brother. So, you know, normalcy. <laughs> Oh, and my brother Tristan, too. Don't forget about Tristan. (gasps) I'm really scared that Sabine's family is dead, though. And I'm very scared for them. I hope they were on vacation and they didn't die on
2: Mandalore. (laughs) Sabine's family's
0: at a farm.
2: Some of them may be alive. Some of them won't. But, like, it would probably be good for plot purposes to have a few of them alive.
0: I was uh, joking around with Aaron Henley, our friend. And me and Aaron, like... Aaron was like, they're okay, Hope. They're just on the Mandalorian farm. <laughs> and I was like, thanks, Aaron. I feel better. <laughs> anyway, the you're at the
2: Mandalorian ready
0: to just... farm. They're <laughs> just hiding out. On... Yeah, they're fine. They're out on the Mandalorian farm where all the other clones live, too. <laughs> the clone they're just farm. like
2: They're just like, it's time to harvest the wheat. And they're just like launching missiles into it going like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. I, it's, it's, it doesn't work. <laughs>
0: Fields are on fire, and they're like, I think just like I,
2: you said that wheat had to come down, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why don't we have any bread? (laughs) Where'd all their bread go? (laughs) They're setting like cutting it down with their (laughs) flamethrowers. All right, you ready to get to this episode? I'm ready. Chapter 6, The Prisoner, is the sixth episode of The Mandalorian. It aired on December 13th, 2019. It was written by Rick Famuyiwa and Christopher Yost and directed by Rick Famuyiwa. Some extra information for you. There are a lot of guest stars this week, so let's get started. Ranzar, Ranzar Malk, Malik, or Ran, is played by Mark Boone Jr. His other works include Son of Anarchy, Last Man on Earth, and 30 Days of Night, Mig's. Niggs Mayfield is played by Bill Burr. His other works include F is for Family, Crow Show, and Breaking Bad. Jon Favreau offered Burr the role after meeting the actor at a birthday party. Favreau thought that people who listen to Burr's podcast, Monday Morning Podcast, would find it humorous to see the actor in a Star Wars production, as Burr previously had a reputation for ridic- ridiculing the franchise as a whole. He accepted the role after being spurred on by his wife. Apparently, his wife was like kicking him, kicking him under the table, well, like, take the role.
2: <laughs> I, I've actually, I haven't listened in a couple years, but I used to fairly regularly listen, like every other week, listen to Bill Burr's podcast, and... Um, I think it got a little blown out of proportion, like the shit he talked about Star Wars because he was basically like, he's he, like, maybe like circa early 2000s, he probably would have been like, fucking stupid Star Wars and stupid Star Wars fans, but he was just like. I, I don't get it. I just don't get like, you know, science fiction and all that stuff and getting crazy about that. But then again, what do I know? I like sports. And because half his podcast, I would only listen to half his podcast because the second half was all sports. So it was just like all of a sudden it started talking in a different language that I didn't understand. So, so he would, but and, but the, the, the relationship between him and his wife, the interplay between him and his wife, is a riot. She's she seems like a really funny person, and uh, they seem to have a very very good like rapport between the two of them. And she's not she'll she'll come on the he'll he'll be like hey, hey, hey come in here and you know I got a question for you you know that sort of thing get her on the show every once in a while but mostly she's just sort of like in the background. But like I have heard her be like he's like I, you know, the wife likes Star Wars and she'll be like I like Star Wars in the background so.
0: Though, I do want to say, um, we talked at length about uh, Gina in episode four episode. And I do know that Burr has also said some, like, not great things about trans people and stuff like that, too. Um, I'm going to defer to what I did with Gina, which is when I'm discussing Burr's character, I'm just going to be talking about Mayfield as a character. And same thing will be with Rosario Dawson when we get to season two. But if you want to hear our full thoughts, we opened episode four, Sanctuary, talking about that. So, same thoughts still apply. Moving on. Shion is played by Natalia Tenna. 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 I can't talk tonight. Uh, remember, my brain is like, mer. <laughs> Her other roles include the Harry Potter franchise, Game of Thrones, and Origin. Berg is played by Clancy Brown, along with a slew of roles, from Thor Ragnarok to Tangled. the Series. He is also the voice of Ryder Azadi in Star Wars Rebels and Savage Oppress in Clone Wars. The voice of... S- <coughs> Excuse me. The voice of Zero is Richard Ayoyada. Uh, I practiced that name. Let me try that one again. Richard Ayoada. His other works include The IT Crowd, The Mighty Boosh, and Disenchantment. Zero's Body Devil is played by Christopher Barlet, or, yeah, Bartlett, uh, who plays multiple droids throughout, the, throughout Mando and Book of Boba Fett. Quinn is played by, by Ishmael Cruz Cordova. His other works include Berlin Station, Ray Donovan, and Sesame Street. <laughs> Lant Davin is played by Matt Lanter. His other works include Timeless, Her Legacy, and, or Jupiter's Legacy, and he's also, you might have heard of this little project before, he's also the voice of Anakin Skywalker in Clone Wars, Rebels, Forces of Destiny, and most of the Lego games. Dear, dear Matt Lanter, I love you. Davin's first name was later given to him in the Mandalorian ref- uh, reference book. His name, Lant, comes from the first four letters of Matt Lanter's name. The three New Republic pilots, Trapper Wolf, because of course he had to be a wolf, Jib Dodger, and Sash Ketter are played by three of the Mandalorian directors being Dave Filoni, Rick Famuyiwa, and Deborah Chow. Since Mando was Dave Filoni's first time directing live action, John Favreau suggested Dave do a small acting role to get experience, both in front of the, both in front of the screen and behind the screen. Um, part of learning how to direct. Filoni tried to make an excuse to get out of it because at the time, they, he was working on second unit while they were recording the episode, The Child. Um, his acting de- As his acting debut role, Filoni played Wolf at Favreau's suggestion and had Fama Yua and Cho portray the other pilots because Filoni didn't feel comfortable acting alone. When the shooting took place, Favreau gave Filoni the character's dialogue during filming and told him to be as boring as possible and act disinterested in order to relate to the calm impressions given by pilots in, real world, in, in the real world or in films like Apocalypse Now. Filoni later acknowledged that he indeed gained insight in preparing for and being filmed. Xian and Quinn. Uh, Xian and Quinn's names come from the Chinese city of Xian, where Emperor Quinn is buried. And finally, this is just kind of a fun fan theory, but it's, it started floating around about this time. Um, the fun fan theory is that Xian um, might actually, in fact, be trans a transgendered woman, like Twilight's assigned at. Br- uh, I can't talk today. I'm gonna start this whole point over. There is a fun theory floating around about Xon wondering whether or not she is in fact a transgender woman. Light like Twilight's assigned male at birth, she has very prominent back brow bones. It also has filed her teeth. The teeth now could be it is, except, it be an aesthetic choice, but the brow bones would be something she would be born with. This is following a slew of queer twilight storytelling. In the Star Wars vision novel Ronin, there are two transgender tw- twilight Jedi. And the book of Boba Fett, the twilight male that works for Garza Whip has ear cones, something that twilights assigned female at birth have. So starting with Jian and now with these more recent examples, a lot of fans are starting to, are beginning to think that transgender is being transgender is completely acceptable in twilight culture.
2: It might be uh, it might be very like common in twilight culture you know yeah i mean just like the genetic diversity between like the twilight um um spectrum of gender and actual like you know physical sexual attributes might be like more spread out you know what i mean yeah because like
0: Twilight's uh, assigned female at birth always have ear cones, while the males have actual human ears. And that's been the thing for like a while now. And so when everybody saw like the green Twilight in Bo- Book of Boba Fett and he has ear cones, everybody was like, wait a second. <laughs> Is he a trans male? Oh my God. And yeah. he's so hot. I love him. I saw him, my jaw dropped. And I was like, I want him to be my boyfriend.
2: It's It seems consistent with Star Wars, like, like the biodiversity between species. Cause we've seen many species where like there's, we've seen two different characters of the same species where one would be like, you know, two and a half, three feet shorter, you know, where they, you know, there were only like, sometimes you couldn't even tell that they were the same species until you read it, you know, because sometimes they'd be like, regular human size and sometimes they'd be short and squat and you know some like most of the i can't remember which race it was that we saw where it was um the guys that, that hunt wookies oh
0: trandoshans
2: trandoshans and remember we saw some like wimp wimpy and dumpy trandoshans where all you know all of them were like you know schwarzenegger trandoshans they were ones that were like Smaller and more. Yeah, you know, uh, there, there was at least one of them. I just remember like the clones chasing him around. Remember?
0: Yeah, and, and Dapperonians too. Like the males look completely different from the females. Like they, because the females like barely have whole or, Like in Dapper uh, are actually what Berg is, Clancy Brown's character in this in this episode, and like the females look nothing like them. Um, so. But yeah, I just I just think it's like a really cool trend because the thing is is like Dave Filoni is on set. He knows fucking Star Wars. Like he like would not let something like that slide unless it was on purpose. You know, like he just yeah.
2: Being- no, I mean, and also, and I mean, well, you know, Dave Filoni, and even just within the like design department, you know, there has to be, you know, just volumes of reference, you know. For everything and rules of like this is you know this is what we do for you know different races and they they can be between here and here or you know or you can or they're open to you know you can do you know you you can you can fiddle around with the way they look or 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 all that with them but there's got to be there's got to be some sort of you know established precedent you know and of, of all that stuff to keep it all consistent, you know? I don't know if it was, it was, um, it was certainly um, that really tight in Lucasfilm when it was George Lucas owning it, but only in the movies and everything else. He seemed to be like, uh, you know, stuff could slip, but it seems like uh, hey. uh, under, under, <laughs> You know, from, from I've been like,
0: talking and I realized I was muted the whole time and I was like Chris, but I, I don't think Chris could hear me that so I looked up and I'm muted the whole
2: time. Yeah, no, no, I, I don't know just,
0: how much you heard
2: and how much I wasn't hear. just plodding forward over you, you know. <laughs> I, were, you, were you were you there muted, just going, Shut the fuck up, Chris? Shut the fuck up, no, Chris, like no, pushing the no. button, it won't work. It's no. I was just bragging about how it always works. And, and now I'm I was
0: disagreeing with you, like, yeah, yeah. And then I started talking and like you were still talking, I was like, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, sorry, sorry oh, <laughs> Sorry, I hope it's everywhere tonight, it's fine You know who's always everywhere at all times?
2: I uh, Holy shit, he was right behind me I think he was oh. here the whole time
0: Of course he is, because you know what, Yoda is lovely
1: Oh, he's Hi, here Yoda. the whole time, Yoda
0: is How are you doing, Yoda? okay well i wanted to let you know that i don't have a question for you this week
1: oh no question for yoda
0: and that is because you nobody know, chris, needs
1: yoda anymore no
0: no chris and i were talking last week and we we started we realized you know like it's it's been a little hard lately and we recognize how hard you work you work so hard Mm-hmm. And I know you've been feeling a little down, and so I just wanted to take the time to tell you how much we love you, Yoda.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Only only two more episodes with Baby Yoda left. Mm, better butter up Yoda for, for yeah. Bad Batch. Yes, make you happy for Bad Batch. Brr. And
0: me and Chris talked, and we pulled our funds together, and I wanted to give oh, you this oh. present
1: mm-hmm. for a Not lovely funny.
0: trip to Gleansom. And for you to go spend some time at the beach beach yes on glee Ple- Ansem.
1: pleasure beach sure okay
0: it, it is it's a very nice there's I I saw a poster and had nautilins on it and they were all waving like come see us and so it looks so nice I've never personally been to Glee Ansem, but there's ocean and Naked I beach? As- uh, you can be, but if you're arrested, I'm not bailing you out because I bought you a gift certificate. So we want you to be responsible. Here you go.
1: Arrest Yoda.
0: They have to catch <laughs> you first. Make sure you put on a lot of sunscreen so you're hard to catch.
1: Wait, wait, wait! I'm not trying to get rid of Yoda, are you? No. Mm-hmm.
0: No. Uh, no. Not no. Try-
1: mm-hmm
0: no because if you look it this is from today through Monday so you'll be back in time for next week's episode oh I make that. sure of
1: it oh next week next week uh, you know who else blah, 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 blah. baby Yoda
0: I mean I can take I can take back the, the gift certificate if you want me and Chris can go to Glee Glaance and have fun at the beach. And I got you strawberries too, man. Yoda,
1: Yoda will fall for this trick this time.
0: Okay, but I just want to tell you I love you. You know it's I haven't even listening. You know the thing is I haven't even brought up baby Yoda yet. You're the one that keeps bringing up baby Yoda. <sighs> Uh-huh, Very suspicious
1: uh-huh. It's just not bringing up Baby Yoda yet. Cuz I'm
0: trying to be nice to you, you Always asshole! When he's bringing up
1: Baby Yoda, then bring, not bringing up Baby Yoda makes, makes, makes Yoda you know, I mean, be I... a little paranoid, to be honest. Uh, 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 but okay, Yoda will go on trip. Mm. I got you nice It's bitch. not like yeah. Yoda's reach
2: with the Force does not span the galaxy. Just saying.
0: I don't know what to
1: say. <laughs> I bought you a beach trip. Mm. Oh, Yoda will enjoy the trip. Yes. oh you,
0: you. I got you the spa special too.
1: Oh, got Yoda you... will get the spa. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I got you. We but we Yoda's got the you...
1: nails. Yes. Yeah.
0: We got you the president suite. So there's a whole like bathtub for you to swim around in.
1: As yeah, the president, yeah, president. Pr-
0: mm. You're president of Dagobah! Uh
1: huh.
0: Yeah, it's all for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yoda's buying that. Alright. Yeah. Yoda's off.
0: Alright, have fun. Be safe. Don't go to jail. We're not bailing you out. If you go to jail, you have to escape yourself.
2: I don't like his tone. We bought I him Trust his tone. We
0: got him a fucking beach trip and he acts like that towards us? What the fuck?
2: Yeah, he acted like he got stabbed in the back. I I don't know.
0: Well, I'm glad I almost want
2: to have baby Yodan just to piss him off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know Gleansom is mostly flooded, so it only has like one beach. But it's I
2: try. still water, but still. I, I try. I think he loves that shit. So, uh, you not know, not
0: everybody can pay for Scarif. That shit's expensive. I'm
2: not sending him to Scarif.
0: Yeah, there's a reason. But now I'm glad fired.
2: we did to send him to Scarif.
0: I mean, of course, it's all like dead now, but like in its prime, we should have sent him to Canto Bite.
2: I'm not going to be responsible for that.
0: You're right, you're right. He can cause the least amount of damage on Gleansom.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Are you right again to this act?
2: Yeah, it's getting pretty intense with the Oda lately. I'm, I'm ready to get into some nice, relaxing Mandalorian
0: try to do one nice thing for that man. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Bad Batch, he's going to need a break with Bad Batch, you know? Oh. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, act one.
2: I'm ready.
1: Act
0: one. So, Himbo Dennis is a father now. And he needs money because he has a baby now. And they're expensive. And there's diapers. And he needs a place to put them. And he, so he needs like a diaper genie and so he has to go back to his old friends to find some work. So he arrives and there's this guy named Ran and he looks like he literally just came out of Sons of Anarchy cause he did and he's like hey Mando and he's like what's up Ran so I need money for reasons and I cannot tell you the reasons and Ran is like that's fine you know the rules don't ask questions and Mando's like cool awesome and Ran's like awesome I need your ship and din is like i'm sorry what now he's like i need your ship because one of our dudes got captured and i need your ship and mando's like i didn't agree to my ship and rann is like well you want the money or not and din is like i'm a dad now so fine so he meets the rest of the crew and there's mayfield and he is a shitty imperial and he's all like i'm not a stormtrooper wise ass and then there's berg and it's it's clancy brown and he's all like being cool cuz you know, I'm not even gonna make a joke. Clancy Brown is amazing. Like, everybody loves Clancy Brown. How could you not? If you don't like Clancy Brown, get the fuck off my show. <laughs> he's amazing. He's fucking writer of and Savaggio Press. Get out of here. There's also Sheon, and she is great. And she might have boned Mando at some point, and it was probably pretty kinky because they gotta keep the helmet on. This is the way, and stuff like that. So, like, she's awesome. And then there's Zero, and he's a droid. And Mayfield is like, not impressed with Mando. He's like, oh my god, I'm not impressed with you. And I'm the one in charge, bitch. And Mando's like, okay. And Nathan's like, fight me, fucker. He's like, I'm just here to get money. And Shion's like, Mando, I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> Can I stab you later? Oh my god. He's like, not if I stab you first. I'm a. Oh, anyway. So they start getting briefed. And during all of this, Zero's on the Razor Crest and he sees an old message from Grief Garga and about Grogu being a bounty and he's like, huh, that's interesting. Anyway, Mepo briefs everybody. It turns out that their man that got captured is captured by a New Republic prison ship. And Mando's like, oh my god, he broke the law. And they all just kind of look at him like, so? And he's like, that's fine. That's cool that he broke the law i'm fine with that and everyone's like are you okay over there man dude he's like i'm a bad guy like the rest of you i'm so mean they're like okay well we're just gonna um go to this prison ship and it's manned by droids and the razor crest is the only thing they can do the job and jen's like okay fine so they all get on the ship and they head off so Zero is flying the ship because he's a droid, and he can do all the ship stuff. And the whole time, Den is like, "You better not fucking touch any of my stuff, I swear to God." When Zero's like, "Are you hissing at me?" and he's like, "Yes, I am going to wipe down everything you touch, you filthy fucking droid. I fucking hate you, droid. I'm going to look forward to shooting you later in the episode." I to fucking blah blah blah. and Den slides out of there, and Zero's like, "Okay, bye." So all the crude's down downstairs, and Berg is bored. He starts pushing buttons, and Amanda's like, "Stop pushing my buttons!" I wrote Amanda. <laughs> Amanda. No, I wrote Amanda. Okay, I thought I wrote Amanda. Amanda and Berg are fighting. <laughs> that bitch got here, and Amanda's like, "Don't touch my buttons." <laughs> so his
2: name's his name is either Dennis or Amanda.
0: <laughs> Dennis Amanda Jaren. Shit is Amanda and There we go. That's his name. <laughs> So Berg and Mando start fighting, and Mando's all like, Guys, don't touch my shit. And everyone starts giving him shit. And Mayfair's Ma- Ma- like, So you don't ever take off your helmet? Shion, how did you have sex? And she said, Very carefully. And they're all like, Tee hee And Berg tries to like, take off the helmet, and Den's like, no! And then they accidentally open the door to Grogu's room, and the door slides open, and Grogu's like, hey everybody, I'm here! Look how cute I am! Oh boy, I hope we can all be friends! And Maito's like, what the fuck is that thing? And Den's like, uh, it's my dog! Say, say bow-wow, Grogu! And Grogu's like, bow-wow! He's like, say it's a dog! He's like, thanks, daddy. And Maple's like, oh my God, Shion, did that come out of your vagina? And Shion's like, hell no, it didn't. It's <laughs> like, okay, good. Oh my God. Anyway, so Zero pops out of hyperspace and everyone's like, whoa. And then Zero goes flying down towards the prison ship and everyone's like, whoa. And then they all land. And then Gro- like, Din snaps, snatches up Grogu and throws him in this room. And he's like, Stay in here, son. I love you so much. Don't come out of this room. And, and Grogu's like, I'm not listening to you, daddy. He's like, I still love you, son. He's like, bye, have fun at work. And then closes the door. It's time to start the job. What did you think of Act 1?
2: I liked it. <laughs> <coughs> um, this
0: actually has my least amount of notes. Act 3 is like all my notes.
2: <laughs> I, I, oh, I um... The only thing I don't like, and and it's hit and miss. There's been a couple good ones, and the, there's there's some good ones actually coming up, but for the most part, I don't like the meta stormtrooper jokes. The like, hey, I wasn't, a, you know, I wasn't a stormtrooper. I can I shoot
1: about that. You I bet.
2: don't. I generally don't like those. They're, they're It's it's an old joke, and it and I don't like it. The, I don't like the meta ness of it. Uh huh and it seems to turn up a lot in in Mandalorian but it's just a minor just a minor quibble um like when berg first walks up to him he just like like he walks behind him to like sniff his butt like a dog as he like walks around him he's literally sniffing him but then he like walks behind him and I'm like oh my god is he going to sniff his butt
1: <laughs>
2: I can't believe like it must have just galled Dennis so much to see that droid fly in a ship.
0: I like be, poor, poor, poor Dennis Amanda Jaren.
2: <laughs> but this is a great, this is a, this is a, where he has to wear a helmet is great because like there's everything in this episode is meant to get is like is like almost like poised to get a reaction out of him and all you get is the but you know, there I mean it's even disgust, but it's just funny that like he could be sitting behind there grinning, you know, for all they know. But yeah. like just just by the just by the nature of the armor, it always makes him look like he's just like pissed <laughs> and hostile. And it's it's awesome. And uh Bill Burr, his like The whole scene where he's holding, where he picks up Grogu, and he's like, "Oh, "Oh, maybe I want a pet," and then he then he does a fake drop, like seeing that, like and and you know, listen, no, hearing Bill Burr's comedy in his in his um, podcast, you can tell Bill Murray or Bill Murray, Bill Burr has done some uh, in like in high school has done some like total Boston asshole bullying and been. Boston asshole bullied, you know, he, he does that, that whole like, yeah. let me be really intimidating with this thing, you know, hostile and intimidating, you know, with, with this thing and, you know, test, test your reaction to it and then do the, the fake drop thing is a total, like, just like dick move and he did it so well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and, and like, and, you know, and, and as far like Bill Burr like, I, I don't know him personally, but like, he's one of those guys you could tell, like there was probably a point he was just like, a pretty much just an asshole, you know? And like you, he's one of those people you can see he, he evolves. He like, he talks like talks about it a lot, you know, like I used to think this and then I think now I think this and like, blah, blah, blah. And but it's like you know, it's a slow process. <laughs> it's a slow time-consuming yeah. process. But like, yeah,
0: and I and I do think like people are allowed to change, and I think that yeah. people put in like work and effort. Like they, sh- like they should be, uh, recognized by that. But I, I, I did still feel the need to like at least like say something. I,
2: like that, that. Well, yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why I would like get. I, I get like the th- the the um thing about um now i'm it's gina carano right i don't want to say Carrera again gina carano is like like with bill burr i've seen a history of him evolving so i'm like to me i know he can evolve so when when he says something shitty it's like oh that's really shitty but then like you know you 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 can pretty much hope that there'll be backlash and he'll go oh I'll, i'll look into this and you know and like honestly look into it with where is Gina Carrara sort of doubled down on it? Or she Carrower. like
0: quadrupled down Yeah, she
2: quadrupled down on it. But some people do that in reaction too. But like, I, I haven't seen a history of that with her. So I don't. So I'm like a little more like, like critical about it with like Bill, 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 you know, it's that. It's the you know for for one thing it's tricky with having like any kind of parasocial relationship with anybody you're listening to online so you know Bill Burr mm-hmm. can still be a complete asshole you know for all I know you know yeah but that's 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 how he appears uh, on his on his podcast but like through his, he plays the role of of Mayfield so well because like yeah he's got that boston you know that that streets of boston thing which is also why i wasn't too psyched about him being in mando and the first time i watched it like up to this point i was still like being like i don't know about having bill burr in this you know he's very boston you know and but like as we know his character gets fleshed out and comes back and uh is is well worth having becomes like one of the strongest characters, I think, in the whole first season. Or, you know, get really he really carves first out. Few a, seasons? Or, is he oh that's right, because it's, it's the season second season two. he comes yeah. back. That's right. And so like yeah, he really carves out he really carves out a good character, you know. So so so, I, so now I'm like down with him from the from the first act, you know.
0: So I want to jump in on this because um I'm going to there's one line in this this first act that made me go this is my favorite character. And still to this day Mayfield is one of my favorite characters in man. Uh-huh. And it started here and he just got better. And I think Mayfield is and I'm going to I have like a Mayfield note every time. So I'm going to go through the Mayfieldness like by each act. And the one that got me that made me first fall in love with this character. And I was like, I was early stanning Mayfield before like anybody else. Like I remember being on the Pink Mill podcast and I'm like, no, Mayfield's a great character. Don't even, <laughs> like, um, and I actually really love the the line where he's like, I wasn't a stormtrooper, you wise ass. And the reason I like that line is it clicked with me. What is one of Hope's favorite things of Star Wars? Bitchy imperials that are catty little, <laughs> catty little uh,
2: bitches. That's true.
0: I love me a catty little bitch imperial. <laughs> I love my critics. I love my like little shitty like bitchy imperials. Like he's just like, and the moment, and and I what I
2: like he's about he's more this, like insecure. The insecure, he's insecure about his b- being an imperial.
0: Exactly, exactly. Like he is very much like um like an and Grint where, like, he's so full of his power, but the moment that power is challenged, he's just like, ah, I don't know, uh, don't, don't even talk to me. And I, that's what we see throughout this episode. Like, he starts off, like, really badass in the beginning of this. And he, he, he walks around, he's like, I have a big gun, and my cock's a little. And, like, he walks around, and he's always just like, ah, blah blah, 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 And we see him just, like, slowly dissolve over this episode, because he is a critic type. He is a catty-bitchy Imperial who is so full of himself. And the moment that he's challenged, he's just like, No, it's my Death Star, Tarkin! Don't you even fucking talk to me, Tarkin! <laughs> like, that's who he is! And so the moment, the first time I ever heard him go, I wasn't a Stormtrooper wise-ass. I just, I just went, you're my favorite. I love you. You're my favorite kind of Imperial. It total, I- have you seen E.T.? It's I have, but I was very l I haven't seen it as an adult, so I don't remember anything from it. <laughs> there's,
2: there's, there's, there's literally a a a see c- c- where Elliot says something like it was nothing like that asshole or something like that, you know, to that effect, mm-hmm. and and uh, I think he does say asshole because his mo- mother goes Elliot,
1: Elliot,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, And it just reminded me of that, you know, but of course Elliot's an eight year old kid, you know? So, but yeah, but that's, that's the thing is Bill Burr's a real, like I remember seeing him on Breaking Bad and was like, he had a very small role, but he, he, he handled it well and really naturally. You know what I mean? He just like was a natural actor. And I was like, wow, Bill Burr might be a good actor. And then in this it's like, Hey, Bill Burr's doing a pretty good job in season two. It's like, Bill Burr's a really good actor.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: they give him they give him something. They give it. They like. I think they saw in this episode that you could really give him something to chew on. They actually. Yeah, I'll get more into that. In act, oh, I have act I, I,
1: I, I really I'm actually it when done I with say. my
2: act one notes. So any of, of your act one notes, I'm done. I'm like
0: done. I I mean it when I say like Mayfield is one of my favorite characters of The Mandalorian. I have so many notes about Mayfield. I love this character. <laughs> he is one of my favorite gray characters. I love him so much. I'll have more notes later. Um, but the only other note I have is... Like, last week we were talking about Tatooine. And how seeing it... How Tatooine now versus A New Hope... Was very... Like, was a tool for storytelling... To show how much the world has changed. And that's what I like about this episode. Because Mando used to work for these people. Like, Sheon yeah. and Ran and, Kit and, and uh, Quinn all know who Mando is.
2: used and to be just, thick with him, too.
0: And used to have, like, apparently, like, terrible stories. Like, you know, when Chian's just like, remember, how, tell them how you murdered all those people and, like, what that planet is. And Mando said, I did what I had to do. And I, and I like that because we can see, like, who he is now versus probably who he used to be. And, he has- and he's
2: still a little bit of that now he's he's killed a few people in like, oh, yeah, little, little needlessly grizzly ways, you know, but he
0: you can also see how it's changed. Like, you know, because the people he's killed grizzly were like stormtroopers, like bad guys. And it was all in the name to save his son. And it's different from it where it sounds like and, and I'll get more into this X3 because there's a clear character development. But I like how the the style of storytelling, because like us as the viewer, we're still getting to know Den, so it's actually very shocking to be like, oh my god, he used to be this way. As at at this point in the show, of course, now we've had a whole season two, and we've now he's in Book of Boba Fett, so like we've had more time with him. But when this episode first came out, it was like five episodes of Himbo Dad, and then we found out that, like, he used to be, like, a murderer. <laughs> of course he has been, because he was a bounty hunter. We but, just
2: did see him carrying around a head in the sack, so...
0: Yeah, yeah. So, like, we know that he's a bounty hunter, which does get messy, and there's murder and stuff like that. But there's also a difference between, like, murdering for his son and, like, murdering with money. And, like, I feel... And that's kind of actually to go back to... <laughs> no, 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 And that goes back to kind of what we're talking about with Book of Boba Fett. Like, that... The, the Mandalore I think it was called like Rise of the Mandalorian is the episode that just came out last week. And that's essentially what it is, is that his son is gone. And all he knows how to do is to fall back on his old ways, which are horrible and toxic and bad for him. That's the whole point of the episode is he's trying to fall back on this old life. And that's why it's another way it's thematically tied to Boba because Boba could easily fall back on his old life. But he's trying to make this new way for him. And for himself, and Den's not quite there yet, and that's the whole point of the Pelimodo scene of him building this new ship and See, building I, I, this new ride.
2: That's the, well, a new ship that's not suited to being a bounty hunter.
0: Because it's okay. it's a new ship of freedom and independence. Because he kept saying, "I want a Razor Crest. I want a Razorcrest. Crest." Because he wants to. He doesn't have a son anymore, and he wants to fall back on this old life. But Pelly's so, like, "Let me give you this new ship of independence and a new path." And so that's what Pelly presented him with. That's uh, that's why uh, that shipbuilding is so not, important because it represents n- a new independent path for Den.
2: And not to get too sidelined by that episode, but it also has where the droid went—a nice little, bu- nice little Grogu-sized bubble.
0: I know, and also it has Beady One. Oh my God, I cried when I saw Beady, and I just—oh my God—that little droid, the little—I I know you haven't played oh, Fallen Order. I,
2: I watched the whole play, the, all the like, st- I watched a playthrough of it. So I've um, seen the whole storyline of it.
0: I, 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 I teared up. So, so I meaty. recognized
2: the droid. I, 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 I,
1: all- I, I well, they did,
2: they did a lot of like the body language of the droid was a 100% the same as in it's the video so game. Cute. So it was. It's-
0: You never told me that you watched all of Fallen Order, Chris. We could be talking about Trilla and
1: Cal Kestis. I don't Yeah,
2: I I, To be Uh, honest with you. I don't remember a lot of the story aspect of it that much. I remember I remember it was enjoyable (laughs) as a video game playthrough. (laughs) Uh, uh. I'd have to watch it again with 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 thinking about it more in mind, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: But uh, essentially, the, like that's I like the storytelling. Um, the same as what they did last week with Tatooine is we have these like characters representing like Den's past versus Grogu who's hanging out in his closet and like that's his future. You know, um, so it's kind of it's it's interesting to see Den in this position. Um, but that's all I have for Act One. Did you have anything else? I do not. Act two. Act two. So then. So they're all like, whoa! And they land on the ship and it's time to start the job. And all three baddies are just like, like whispering to each other and Denzel kind of watching them like, you guys got a secret you want to share with me? And they're like, "Nah." He's like, okay. I trust all of you because I'm dumb. He is not. I'm I'm making fun of them. So it's time to get started. So they open the door, and Mayfield, they all look at Mayfield, and Mayfield's like, Why are you looking at me? And Berg's like, You're the leader, dude. You have to go first. And Mayfield's like, Oh, I guess I'll go first then. So he jumps on the ship, and they all jump on the ship one by one. And then they start creeping. And they're creeping, creeping, creeping. They're creeping through the ship. There's lots and lots of creeping. If, If you take out all the creeping... This episode's a lot shorter. It's <laughs> so they creep, creeping, creeping, And then there's a mouse droid, and the mouse droid's like, What's up? I'm a cameo. And Berg's like, Fucking die! And he shoots the mouse droid. And that makes all the bad droids show up, because they're like, You killed our droid brethren! And more droids are all like, Pew, 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 pew! And Sheehan's like, Mando, do your job! And she turns around, and Mando's gone. She's like, Where the fuck is Dennis Amanda Jarrett? <laughs> I'm never gonna get over Dennis, Dennis Amanda J- right now. Um... And Den shows up behind the droids and he takes him out like a badass. And all the prisoners are like, Yeah, fight the man. Also, can you free us? And they all like are like, Yeah. And so they fight the droids and they take him out and all the bad guys are like, We're not impressed. And Den's like, You're fucking welcome, guys. Ugh. And they make it to the control room. And they come into the control room, and the chair spins. It's Matt Lantern, everybody! And Matt Lantern's like, Stop r- I I almost wrote in to see if you could do, like, your squeaky Anakin voice for this. I think you're muted. Just so stop right there. Oh, I am wait. Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> stop right there! I am Anakin Skywalker! Thank you very much! And he's like, I'm back! And everyone loves me! And, they, and Bill Burr looks at him and he's like, You're not hating Christensen. He's like, I could be hating Christensen. I sound like him. And Mayfield's like, You're in the wrong show, buddy. And Matt pulls out a tracking beacon and he's like, If you take one more step towards you, I'm going to push this button. And everyone's like, Okay, everybody calm down. And Cheon's like, what the fuck is that thing? And Mayfield's like, if he pushes that button, the New Republic will show up and blow us all up. And Sheon's like, you didn't fucking tell us that? What the fuck, dude? And Berg's like, I don't care. I just want to fight a thing. And then they go into, like, the Spider-Man meme. Because they're all, like, pointing guns at each other. And they're all like, put everything down. And Mando's like, listen, Matt Lanter, I'm a dad. You can trust me. I loved you in Timeless, by the way. And Matt Lantern's like, oh, thanks. I'm really sad that Timeless got, like, canceled short. Like, you know, got canceled too soon. And we had at least, like, three more seasons. And Den is like, I know, right? I'm so sorry. It was a great show. Everybody should go watch Timeless. It's still a really good show. And anyway, so they're all fighting and doing Spider-Man and Man and... (laughs) Spider-Man.
1: That lady (laughs) Spider-Man.
0: And off his memes, they're all pointing guns at each other. And Sean's like... Too much and she like throws a knife and she kills Matt Lantern and Matt Lantern was like I was the stairwell for her and he dies but on his way down he got the last lap because he pushed the button and the tracking beacon got mashed and now they have a time limit they got like 20 minutes which is like 10 minutes of real time of TV time so they're all freaking out and so then they do more sneak it sneak it sneak it through the to the hallways and break some stuff and more sneak it sneak it sneaking in the hallways and then they turn a corner and more sneaking 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 in the hallways and they finally get to a prison cell and they open it and it's Quinn Shion's brother and I just have to say I love Life Action Twilights they look great I love them so much and Shion's like what's up bro and Quinn's like hey what's up oh Mando's here hey hey Mando and he's like hey Quinn Sorry, I put you in jail. And Quinn's like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. You know why? And they all throw Mando in jail. And it's like, what a turn of events I say sarcastically because the group betrays Mando and they leave him to die. Why'd you think it that too? <laughs> My first note is just, I fucking love Matt Lantern. <laughs> I do. I love him so much. The moment I, I saw him, I was just like, it's him. I always forget he's here and I love him. <laughs> He makes me happy.
1: with a think,
2: little With a little loss of baby fat, he could pay, play a pretty decent Anakin.
0: He could play a live action like, like, um, especially like early in Clone Wars days. He, him, and Hayden look. There's actually a photo of him and Hayden together at a celebration, and they actually look a lot alike.
2: It's just weird how that works up. Yeah, and like Bo-Katan and stuff like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But, um, Quinn definitely sells rave drugs. Yeah. He just looks like a sleazy guy at a rave who's just like, yeah, I got the X. But, um, this is what this, this part, the beginning of this part is, a, is what is why I was sketchy on it the first time. Because this is the most shot-for-TV-looking Mandalorian. And not just shot for TV, but, like, scored for TV. It felt like a TV episode. And not like a mini-movie, you know? And you can tell, sorry, I'm eating a Twizzler. Uh, (laughs) You can can tell.
0: You're waiting for me to jump in. I'm like, no, I agree. <laughs> no,
2: I mean a Twizzler. I'm yeah. so
0: jealous. I love Twizzlers. Oh, oh my god! I just, I'm just,
2: is... I just needed sugar so bad, so I had to pop open. This like the third week in a row we
0: forgot about um, candy.
2: Um, yeah, we forgot to. We forgot. To
0: bad pick. at life. We love you, Dario.
2: Yeah, I have candy's in the freezer. It'll keep. Um,
0: above my head. So.
2: Okay, what the hell was I saying?
0: About um, uh shop for TV.
2: Oh yeah, like the camera angles. It was it was this this one definitely had a lower budget, you know. This is like uh, uh usually on a TV show, you know, when you when you figure out your budget, some shows are going to get, you know, and this this season definitely had to be heavily probably front loaded and end loaded. So in the middle, yeah, maybe some, you know, some lower budget episodes, you know. This
0: was actually um one of the last things to be filmed. Um, this was, I think, so, yeah, the last spent of
2: most of the money. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but, um, I know I, I, I didn't put it in the background notes because I found it boring, but now it's relevant. So apparently the design of this was purposely made to make everything look boxy because they wanted it to play on being like a spaghetti Western a bit. So they wanted the new Republic ship to be boxy, to be like train cars. So every time a door closed, like they're stuck in a train car and then all the prisoner doors were designed to look like bank vaults. Um that's why all the prisoner's doors have like the shape and like the holes in the windows that they have. So it was actually purposely designed this way to give it more of a boxy train car look.
2: And it's also generic hallways so you can shift your angles and make it look a lot bigger by using the same sets over and over again. Pretty much, and, yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that. So it was definitely had a lot of tricks of we don't have the budget on this show, you know, for a lot of big special effects. But that means you got to you got to put more work. And this one, all the work is, well, no, you know, the I mean, there's a lot like you have to put all your work into the script, into the performances and the direction to make it work. You can't if you're not going cinematic and they do all that in this, you know it's it's sort of generically directed until it until it gets going and then when it gets going it has a lot of style to it you know they they it, so and energy and the whole cast is you know a little exaggerated but fun to watch and and good you know so it's so you you got a whole every character is is popping in this you know
0: that actually is one of my notes, um, because at first it actually kind of bugged me a little bit about how kind of over the top, especially Shion was, but I actually kind of really liked that the more I thought about it, because, like, a lot of times when we've seen, like, Twi'leks especially, like, they've been, like, kind of reserved, or, like, freedom fighters, and I kind of like having two Twi'leks that are just bat-fucking-shit crazy people, and I love that about them, and I love how Berg is just, like, the dumb guy, and they're all such caricatures. Um, to where like you could take somebody like Mayfield, where he is kind of a stock caricature in this, and then at any time, they could expand on them later. And I because we talked about that a little bit with Bad batch and like when they when Bad batch first showed up in the Clone Wars Arc, how they were just kind of like stock characters. but now we're seeing like these stock characters getting expanded upon in in a television show. And I like that though, because it also, makes them pop like you said it's very over the top but it's also like you know kind of the stock characters that you would see in like a spaghetti western you know um like the strong guy and like like the like the crazy girl and, and well stuff clancy like that.
2: brown is used to playing and the guy from sons of anna they're used to playing over the top characters and yeah and they're good so. actors too so there's you know they're not ridiculously over the top or or Bad acting over the top. It, they're they're playing in a genre, and it's it's a lot of fun.
0: And Natalia uh, Tena is also like she was. Oh, what was her name? Oh, I, I, Osha in Game of Thrones. She was the lady that took like Bram and his brother up to like the Crow guy in the north, that stayed with them with them in oh, War. Okay. She played that character, um, like the ex-wildling, and she was also Tonks in Harry Potter. So she's used to playing in genre, too. Because she's played in two different genres yeah. now. <laughs> so, like, you know, this is all definitely very purposeful to act this way. And and I really like that about it because I do think a lot of times, like, let Star Wars be fun. We talk about, we say that all the time. It's fun. Yes. It's fun to watch. It's fun. You know, it doesn't have to be like Peter Cushing, Tarkin, Shakespearean acting all, at all times. Like, sometimes if you really like look- a crazy bitch with a knife.
2: If you realistically want it to be a real TV show it can't be fully Star Wars cinematic all the time it's going to have to settle into
0: that's what we talked about with Pelly last week now Pelly is like this yeah. beloved character <laughs> well
1: yeah, so like people,
2: it's it's successfully yeah. doing it but it has to do it because you can't afford <laughs> you just there's not enough time and money to, to just make every episode uh you know a third of a movie.
0: Yeah. And like, but, you know, I and I sometimes you want like Shakespearean Peter Cushing and sometimes you just want a crazy bitch with a knife. I like
2: no, crazy. No, but we're, ba- bitch we're with back knife, in we're back it. in Clone Wars territory where it's just like hey man, different people. Hey man, play around with it. Do different genres and play around with it. Have fun and and you know what? Sometimes you'll sometimes you're going to win some, sometimes you're going to lose some. Just move on from the lose sums and grab onto the win sums and and Felony knows how to do that. I mean, they did that all through Clone Wars. So
0: yeah, absolutely.
2: So my only other notes is, uh, um, the I I think the the crew, even though you know they're a band of scoundrels, they overly play their hostility towards the Mando. They're I... too op- they're too openly hostile towards him, like to the point of where I'm like, okay. Why are they, be, you know, there's, there's, there's the like, Hey, I'm just messing around with the others, this and this, that there's some real like hostility there. And it's, and like, if I was like, I was thinking to myself, even the first time watching this, yeah, these guys are going to turn on you because, and they're psyching themselves up to do it right now. Cause they're not gonna like, you know, they're not looking to relate to the Mando as, as an ally or somebody, you know, they, they, they just openly hate him. So am, and, and they're just so they're so open about it.
0: I am so torn about whether or not either Din is so fucking dumb that he never saw it coming, or that Din played them the entire time to get Quinn all to himself and get all the money. I don't oh, know. No. Which.
2: Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean. I mean, that's the thing, but they should have been, they should, they should, they're no match for him and it shows because they should have been smarter and, you know, they should have, you know, they should have, there should be a certain amount of ribbing and hostility that comes with the whole thing. But yeah, like, they were like, just sort of like doing that thing where it's like, I, I think of it as the black river fireman's field days. You're going to get beat up vibe where you get, where at Towards the end of the firemen's field days, the firemen were getting really drunk and they wanted to get in a fight. So they would find somebody and just start a friendly conversation with it, with them. But it was leading into like at some point they'd be like, what do you mean by that? And then it would end up as a fight. But it was always friendly up until that point. But all the friendliness just had like open hostility. <laughs> Hostility in it because they were they were planning on beating you up, so they didn't want to actually get friendly with you. Yeah, then they wouldn't want to beat you. Up. So that's that's what the vibe I got off them, and and they they should have played it down a little bit. But
0: I hope hopes interpretation, and it's taken multiple watches to get to this point is. Din was playing them the whole time, because you have that final line at the end where he looks at Grogu, and he's like, I told you that was a bad idea. And I think that's more to himself, like, I had to do this, but it was a horrible idea to play them, and it was dangerous, and he almost caught himself his son. And so, like, I I do feel like it was purposeful the whole time of, like, maybe, like, he would have to only split the money with, like, a couple of them, or he could get rid of a few of them along the way. Or maybe he... Maybe, he just assumed honestly, he was
2: going to have to. He just assumed. Yeah. That, you know, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? You know, get rid of my ship would be was, very useful to them. You know, and it's got a cargo it, on it.
0: Yeah, and I think some of it is that, like, I, I, you know, he didn't know Mayfield or Berg, but he does know Ran or Shion. So maybe like he was going into it as like, I ha- even though I left them and you know I have a past with them, so maybe I could find an ally here, even though I don't know these other two people, he, like. I could see him, like, like maybe I could get Shion on my side, but he immediately, like, sees her whispering with Mayfield, and he's like, nope, that's not gonna happen. Right. So I do think maybe there was, there's definitely some planning here, like, he was like, maybe I, he was looking for allies, too. But it just didn't work out, and he ended up having to take everybody out and get all the money. So, and then he killed them all, it was fine. So, um, well, he killed, like, Grant and Quinn at the end. Um, but my... But, yeah.
2: My only other note is I have, um... A line in here that I think was misread. It makes no sense, and there. And this had to do with the the homing beacon. When someone described it as quote distress, it's a distress signal honing in on your location. And it's like, no, it's a distress signal, and some and that's that the New Republic can hone in on your position. It just didn't make. It doesn't make any sense in like. And I think it was just, like, a wrong reading of the line, but it probably sounded better than other readings or worked or something. I don't know. It it, it It's just weird. And they're just like, ah, you know, you get the idea.
0: Yeah. But that's other, all I got. Yeah, my only other note that I have is um, continuing my Mayfield love. Um, Mayfield is very much my favorite kind of Imperial because, like I said, he was walking around all cocky in Act 1. But the moment that, and he's so full of himself, but he's actually kind of bad at his job. And you start seeing that breaking down, like, when they're all standing around the hole, ready to go to the ship. And Berg's like, you go first, Mayfield. And he's like, oh, I I do. Oh, and they're all like, yeah.
2: Yeah, he <laughs> never feels like he's really in charge.
0: He never feels like he's in charge. and Especially when Quinn shows up, which I'll get to in Act 3. But, like, it's when they're fighting, they're all arguing over Matt Lantern. You can just feel his power being stripped away because Shion's like you didn't think to tell us all this stuff and already they're all starting to turn on him and he's just like shut up I'm in charge I have five guns pointed at everybody and you can feel that like being ripped away from him um, of like him just like going into that chronic frenzy of like don't touch my Death Star Tarkin don't touch it. I'm in charge here, Target. I'm the big boy with the big pants on, and like, it's just I love these kind of Imperials of just being like, I'm the I walk, and my shit don't stink. And it turns out that like they have a trail of shitty, stinky shit behind them. I love them. These are my favorite Imperials. I love them so much. I'll come back to Mayfield in Act Three. That's all I have for Act Two. I have a lot of notes in Act Three, so that's all my notes of this episode. that We gotta get going. <laughs> You ready to get into this? I am. All right. <clears throat> Act three. Meanwhile, while all this sneaky, sneaky stuff is happening, Zero has, like, cleared up, like, the message from, like, Grief Cargo from, like, episode three, where it's like, oh, like, Mando, I'm glad you brought a child named Grogu that's green with big ears and stuff like that. Um, Don't you know that that child is very expensive? And also, Mando, you're a wanted man for running away. And Zero's like, huh. That's useful. So, anyway, back with Dennis Amanda Jaren. He fights his way out of a cell, and it's actually really cool because he like rips the robot's arm off and then, like sprays oil like blood, and it's really cool. It's like, you know, it's awesome. And he gets out of a cell, and he gets to the control panel room, and he's like, sorry we killed you, Matt Lanter. I love you and Timeless. And he steps over his body, and he's like, I'm in charge now, bitches. And he starts trapping all the baddies. And all the baddies are like, oh no! And he separates Quinn and Mayfield from Berg and uh, Sheon. And Berg and Sheon set off to go find Mando. And <laughs> and Quinn is the one that gives that order. And Mayfield's like, why are you giving orders? I'm the one in charge here. And Quinn's like, you're in charge? What's your name? He's like, my name is Megs Mayfield. And I'm the best shitty Imperial. And Quinn's like, I don't care. Listen. I don't know what paid you, but I'm in charge now. And, yeah. You're gonna get me out of here, or I'm gonna fucking kill you. Capish? And he starts walking off, and Mayfield's like, Dude, what about your sister? And Quinn is like, I don't fucking care! Let's go! And Mayfield's like, huh. I have thoughts. And he starts following. So, Din gets a little tracking fob. And just put a pin in that, because he gets a little tracking speaking thingy. And one by one, Mando starts taking out the baddies. At first, Berg shows up. He's like, I'm here to fight you! And Dinn's like, Fuck you, bro! And he, like, shuts his head in the door, and, and Berg is like, Ow! And then he goes out and he finds Sheon. And Sheon's just like, hey, hey sexy, you want to throw knives at each other? And they just start throwing knives at each other, like, flip, 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 flip. And they finally get each other. And she's like, ah, oh, my face. And then he gets her. And then Mayfield is like, I'm alone in a hallway that's strobe in. I hope nobody has epilepsy because this is a bad episode for that. And there should be an epilepsy warning at the start of the episode, but there's not. So be careful watching this episode. Says hope to our listeners. If you have epilepsy, and then Din comes up behind him, he's just like, "What's going on?" And Bevel's like, "Ah!" <laughs> he gets captured, and then finally, it's Quinn versus Mando. And Mando's like, "What's going on, Quinn?" And Quinn's like, "Hey, Mando! Don't dude, I will pay you so much money?" And Mando's like, "Cool." And Quinn's like, "All right, well, here's my gun. I don't know what Ram paid you, but I'll pay you more. And you're a man of honor, right?" So I'm surrendering, and you can get all the money, I just want to get out of here and live. And Den's like, cool, and he put some biters on them, and during all this, all the stuff that's happening, Zero is just like, huh, I learned some stuff about a baby Yoda! And Grogu comes in and he's like, my name is not Baby Yoda, my name is Grogu! And Zero's like, oh! hi there, you're very expensive, and Groku's like, uh oh, and he like runs off and hides, and Zero's like, I'm gonna find you, tiny child, cause I'm a robot, and, and, is like, I'm a champion at hide and seek, and he's like, peek-a-boo, and he hides, and Zero's like, I gotcha, and Grogu's like, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm over here now, and he's like, I gotcha, and finally, he opens the door, and Grogu's like, uh oh, you found me, and Zero's like, I'm gonna kill you, and he like starts lifting his gun. And Grogu starts lifting his hand like he's about to use the force. And then and he explodes. Well, actually, actually, Zero explodes, not Grogu. <laughs> I should clarify. Zero explodes. And Grogu looks at his hand like, whoa, I'm so powerful. And Den's like, hey, son, what's up? And he's like, daddy, you're home. And he's like, yeah, let's go get some stuff. We're going to go get money. And then we're going to go buy so many frogs. And we're going to put in ice cream. And, and Grogu's like, I love ice cream. He's like, we just have to drop off this, like, nasty acid seller first. And Kroger's like, Daddy, what's acid? He's like, whatever, that guy is selling. Don't talk to him, son. So they take off, and they hand, head back to Ran. And they land. And Rand is like, Quinn, you're alive! And Quinn's like, I know, right? And they hug, and Ran's like, where's everybody else? And Mando's like, don't ask questions. Isn't that the rule? And he's like, that's a good rule. Here's everybody's money. And Mando's like... Thanks, guys! I'm just gonna casually get the fuck out of here really fast. Bye! He gets on this ship, and he's like, Grogu, let's get out of here. He's like, okay, daddy! And they get the fuck out of there, and Ran's like, ha ha ha! We're gonna kill him. And so they're- so- so- so they lift this ship, the ship that of Ran is coming to go kill- kill Den. And Dan's like, flying out there as fast as he fucking can, because he left the tracker thing on Quinn. And out of nowhere- Dave Filoni, Deborah Chow, and Rick Fumuywa show up as New Republic pilots and they're like, Hello, everyone. We're here for our cameo. Uh oh. It looks like they're going to launch a ship after us. And Din's like, Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Go, 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 go. And the three directors fly in and they blow up Quinn and Ran because they can, you know, because they're the police now and abuse of power. <laughs> Let's go. And they just kill them, no questions asked. And fly away, like, we're the directors, or are by. And Mando looks at Grogu and he's like, we're never doing that again, son. And he, But I love you. I love you so much. You want that ice cream now? And Grogu's like, yeah, dad, let's go. And they fly off into the sunset. And surprise, surprise, though. Din didn't actually kill the other guys. Breg and Shion are still alive. And also, most importantly, for season two, Mayfield is alive as well. The end. What'd you think of Act Three?
2: I liked it. Luckily, I only have a few notes, so I can give you lots of room for your tons of notes. But I have three. I have a
0: lot of notes.
2: <laughs> three short notes. Um, I love the use the the Mandalorians' use of psychological warfare. Just yeah. just hunting them down, uh, uh, like. The first time I saw that, I was just like, yes. "Yeah, yeah." I,
0: I, I still love that. Like the scene where he's coming up behind Mayfield. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good.
2: It's like, it's just ter- here, uh, oh, sorry, you guys fucked with the Terminator. Terminator.
0: I I actually have a note that says, "I love that Den is ninety percent Hembo, but that ten percent badass becomes a hundred when he needs it."
1: Uh
2: huh. <laughs> um. Uh, we get the seeds of Mayfield as a sympathetic character, where he's just like, sort of like, oh, you're gonna leave your sister here. I have
0: a they, lot about that.
2: Yeah, um, uh, we get our uh, uh, glimpse at a Star Wars wife beater. That's the f- I, I don't know if we've, we maybe ever... maybe maybe in the cartoons we have, but like I was just like,
0: you're talking about Quinn shirt,
2: right? Quinn shirt, yeah. It's 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 have like kind of a little, little fancy wife beater. Yeah.
0: Have I seen, like, a tank top shirt like that
2: before? Maybe that's why he looks so sketchy. We probably... We have. We definitely have, at least in the in the animated show. I
0: know. I'm, 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 I'm flying through, like, animation in my brain. I, I, yeah, I mean, because we've seen, like, armless shirts before. I know, because Rex wears one in the Zygerian arc, but he's in, like, the fancy, like, Zygerian armor, and his arms are all out, and he's super hot. I just want to look his arms and stuff. But it's not a wife beater. It's, like, a fancy ar- uh, uniform. Hmm. I'm sure and
2: my, my last note is, yeah, the new Republic will just blow shit up for you that's <laughs> i I I like I thought the first time I thought I saw that I'm like, oh, that's a great ending that's a that's just like it's it's a great little twist, you know, but then when you it doesn't stand up to start and think when you start thinking about it because you're like, okay, so you know Matt Lantern was there to watch the jail, so the thing goes off and then they can track it through space and then flies away. It's it like, for one, it's like, why would you blow up? If, like if there's a jailbreak, does the national guard come and just blow up a prison? You know, uh, it's That's like, they're said
0: they are like, we got 20 minutes or else they're going to blow up. Everybody blow up. All, all up everybody the here. It's just like, is that
2: ship. how the new Republic works? And then, yeah. and then, and then what, what, what probably I would have thought was, Pro- most probably happening if i was the guy who had to respond to the beacon going off was oh look the beacon just went off and is now flying through space so i would think to myself they just kidnapped our guy on the ship and we better go get him back but no they they just are like oh we got a tracking beacon okay and then they they yeah. threw they threw in oh they're sending out a warship better blow him up But, you know, you would think maybe they would think maybe there should would be like a chance that Matt Lantern was on that ship, you know, being held or whatever, you know. So I actually
0: like I think this is like really interesting storytelling, though, because this was kind of like something that was missing in the sequel trilogy. And like something that they talk about, they they kind of touched on on the Mandalorian a little bit was once you get in the Outer Rim, the New Republic is just spread so thin.
2: Well, they also probably don't – they don't have any kind of real, like, authority there. Yeah,
0: because that's something that they get into the books more that we're just now starting to see come into live action more and, like, television more. Because something they talk about in the books is after the Empire, Mon Mothma um, demilitarizes the government. Because she doesn't want us, she wants the new republic to like seem nice and kind. And that's part of the reason why the First Order is able to come in because she didn't want the empire's military. She wanted it to be like this nice, pleasant thing, which just left them completely vulnerable yeah. because they went from being like a military state to having pretty much very little military. And they talked about that a lot in like Alphabet Squadron and Bloodlines and stuff like that and but that that hasn't translated yet really this is really the first time we're seeing it where we're and we kind of see that with um oh what's that character's name he was just he's um he's played by um uh i think his name is paul sun yun um where pretty much they're they're stretched thin where it's like we could go and do paperwork for seven hours or we could just let den go um, and that's kind of how it is. Like, there's just so spread thins where they could go ask Quinn and Rand what's happening and see if Davar's there, or they just blow the shit up and go back to work because they're just that spread thin. And I actually, I think that's really interesting storytelling because that also shows like kind of how dangerous the new Republic it's is not, they yeah, just it's kill not people not without questions.
2: Is, yeah. It's, not, it's <laughs> kind a, of a red flag.
0: <laughs> that's a huge red flag, but like it's kind of where they are right now in the outer realm that they're, they pretty much have, no authority. You know, I, I was listening to, I think it was Alex from Star Wars Explain, And in the last book of Boba Fett, where Din got pulled over by the two republics, all this fucking shit's happening on Tatooine. The Pikes are invading, the, there's war brewing, all this stuff, and the new republic's not moving in.
2: Because
0: there's only like two. There's only like two guys. (laughs) What are the two guys? Well, also, also
2: probably you know, tattooing's probably not affiliated with anything. They probably have no authority to go in there and start enforcing enforcing what laws on tattooing. You know, enforcing tattooing's law. The tattooing has no laws, so like, what's there to enforce there? You know, and I I imagine they could uh, do shit out in space. Like, if you're out in space, and like uh Like uh, Republic or like a passenger, you know, passenger transport to Tatooines in trouble. You know, the New Republic could go help them out, you know, or something like that. But and,
0: and we know I, that I don't see have, like, him like Hutt like space that. We know, we know from Clone Wars and from the original trilogy that Hut space was like untouchable because it was owned by the Huts. That's why in the Clone Wars movie, they had to go negotiate with the Huts, saying. Hey, can we use your hyperspace lanes and you won't blow us up? Because that that area did not rep- belong to the Republic and it did not belong to the Empire. It belonged to the Huts. That was like a foreign territory. And now that the that job has gone and the Hut Council is destroyed, like there's a power void there, which is why you only have like two guys hanging out at Tatooine. Well, if <laughs>
2: if you're if you're in Texas, the Canadian mount, mounted police can't pull you over for, you know, Yeah, going over the speed limit of Canada. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that's essentially what's happening.
2: Yeah, but yeah, I just saw. I I mean, I like that they blew it up. It was a it was a great touch to the whole thing, but it doesn't make a lot of sense, and it doesn't paint the new. It doesn't make the New Republic seem super. uh, So I mean, I think that's the
0: point, though. I think it's supposed to make the New Republic not look great. I think I like. I do think that was a purposeful uh, point to show that, like. They don't really have time to ask questions. They just blow up the bad guys and move on with their day. Like I think that's the point.
2: Well, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Still creepy. But, but I'm. Creepy. That's all I got for Act Three.
0: Um, I'm gonna blo- do my short notes first. Um, I, I just love the third act. It's like an action thriller, yeah. or horror movie. I love yeah. the third act. I love it so much. Um, I like Shion's music. That kind of like screechy violin that they have for her. Um, they they have her like music a couple times, like once in Act One, and then again like when she's about to face off with Mando. I just I love that music. Um, so to go back to what I was saying in Act One about how Den is against these people, and we see who he used to be. I think if this was old Den, he would have absolutely slaughtered all three of them. But we see how much his characters evolve because he lets them all live. And that's just showing his character growth. Because the first thing Quinn says is, you killed all of them. And Doug doesn't deny it. So you think that he murdered all three of them. And then we see them at the end that, no, he's grown as a person. He let them all live. And I I like that, um, that, that development in him because Quinn assumed the worst because that's who he used to be. That's who Din was. And that he's not that person anymore. Um... little note is i bet it it made me sad when i realized this when grogu is hiding from zero and it hit me of like he probably had to hide like this for his life during order 66. yeah and that hurt my soul just like i bet like this is not his first rodeo of doing this and he immediately recognized the danger and he's like i need to find a place to hide and it just, I was like, oh, I bet that's what he did. Like all the other younglings were dying. He's like, I'm gonna hide under this basket. <laughs> I don't know. I think
2: he, he might have been he might have been planning on doing him in because like once again he's taking out a mudhorn, and and like so he because because like the whole hide and seek gang, he uh, like it was almost like he was purposely making little noises to keep drawing drawing him in a little more. You know, it seemed like he it seemed like he was toying with him.
0: I could see that take, too. Um, yeah. Or at least like he, he his had a hand
2: up and he was ready to go, you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: I think once he caught and I actually I love that moment, like where he holds his hand up and he closes his eyes and you tell he's about to use the force. And when Zero explodes, the puppet like looks at his hand like, did I do that? Yeah. Like, it's a really it's a really good move of puppetry. Did I just really Mace
2: nice window him?
0: Yeah, like it's whoever, like whoever is puppeting that that day. Kudos. It's a really good moment. Oh, uh, is that all my little notes? Yeah, okay, let's talk about Mayfield. <laughs> Quinn is not impressed with Mayfield, which just solidifies that he's a piece of shit that no one respects. And what I like about all of this, especially the stuff with Quinn, is it really sets up his season two storyline so much. Because we yep. find out in season two that he used to be like, he used to work with these group of soldiers. They were really close. They were a band of brothers and their higher ups screwed them over and got everybody in his platoon killed. And that was a, like, Mayfield probably felt like a true camaraderie and a family with those men. And even though, like, you know, he was in the Empire, but, you know, it was very clear that those Still it
2: happens, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it was very clear that those people meant so much to him, enough for him to kill the officer, you know? And... We we know from like books like Lost Star and Throne that there are actually really good people who get caught up in the Empire. And I'm not saying that Mayfield is a good person, but I love these stories of like these people who get caught up with the Empire and get fucked over by them. And Mayfield is one of those people. Who got fucked over for the thing that he had loyalty in? Because he used to know loyalty, he used to know family, he used to know brotherhood, and no, he—he he
2: has. A, a, it's it's almost like a like a lot of Vietnam veterans were.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you can see, and I and that explains so much of like. Throughout this episode of like why he's so desperate to hold on to this power. Because he's lost. And he's directionless. So like he's very cocky in act one. But the moment that people start like challenging him. It's probably the same feeling that he's losing himself and his power. To feel that he used to have when he was with the Empire. And he's such a good gray character for that. Because he's clearly not a good person. But he... Like, he's played in a way to show that he has so many layers, and that's why I like this moment with Quinn, because Quinn knew loyalty, he knew brotherhood, and Quinn dumps his sister so fast, and you can see the look on, like, Mayfield's face of, like, you're leaving your sister? And he he is the one, like, he's the only survivor of his brothers. Like, that's, like, something that he can't fathom. And
2: she was so excited to get him, too. She was so excited yeah, to see him. She and she
0: risked her life to save Quinn, and he dumps her. And that's probably what Mayfield thought, because we know this from Season 2, which he would have risked his life to save any of his brothers, and his commanding officer dumped them. And they all died except for Mayfield. And that's probably exactly what Mayfield thought when Quinn was like, no, fuck my sister. When she risked everything, because that's what he did. Him and his brothers risked everything for the Empire. And they got dumped on and murdered. And I love that betrayal, that moment, because it fits so nicely into his journey into season two. Like, now that I've seen season two and we have that episode, it gives so much more weight to this scene. And it just makes me really love this gray character that is Mayfield, this like shitty little Imperial who's a piece of shit, but he has so many layers and I really like this gray character. And I could actually see if Mayfield keeps coming back, he could easily be a callous kind of character of like someone who was so loyal to the Empire, but eventually softens and like turns fully good. Like I could see that with Mayfield, but I would also be okay if he was just a piece of shit for always. I could see both and I would. Would love him both ways. Yeah. With him either turning completely good or just being a shitty gray character for the rest of his life, and I would love him either way. I love this character so good. Hope's gonna get off her Mayfield soapbox now.
2: I vote to keep him gritty.
0: I I, I could see gritty with a. It'll article. be it'll
2: be more fun for Bill Burr too. I could see gritty with a. More fun for everyone.
0: Like he's gritty and shitty to everybody else, but like he's loyal to LinkedIn. Like yeah, I could yeah. see that. You know. Um, I think that would be a really fun thing where everybody else sucks, but you know, he'd do the occasional favor for Den. Didn't help him out. I could see that. And but like, you know, he'd only do so many favors. Like after like two, he'd be like, nah, I'm done. <laughs> like you got your two favors on your off. But like I, I love this character. I think he's such a good character. And he has so many layers, and I love him so much. But that's all I had for act three. Did you have anything else?
2: I do not.
0: All right, Chris, score up the episode for me.
2: Okay, this, like, I have a new categorization. Uh, it's an average episode, but it's an epic average episode. So it got, it got, so it was going to get an eight, but it got an extra 0.5 for being, for being a, a low budget show that they really did all the magic with the script acting and direction. You know, that's I always appreciate that. Then it got another 0.5 for the addition of Mayfield. So I gave it a 9.
0: Wow! <laughs>
2: Although it is sort of a, a like a sort of standard episode, but it's got some extra... It, that extra zazz is pretty zazzy.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way. Like, uh, I love this episode. Um, I love this episode about the same that I love last week's episode but I love the two episodes for completely different reasons um I love the I loved like the story of last week's and how like how much it felt like an animated episode come to life and it just really hit on my animation buttons but I love this episode for the characters especially Mayfield like I love this character um I think if like Mayfield was like way flatter I I, I probably wouldn't like this episode as much, but I really like this episode. So I I give it an 8.5, which is what I scored last week's episode, I believe. But I just love them for different reasons. But yeah, I love this episode. I mean, I think
1: these
0: these three, like, Adventure of the Week episodes, I think they are, like, actually super-duper important. And I think these three episodes are better than a lot of the stuff in Season 2. I say only seeing Season 2 once. (laughs) But, like, I just... When I think about *Mandalorian*, like I think about like a lot of these these episodes. Like, I think season two is fine, but I think like these are the episodes that really make Mando sing like a lot. And yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, <clears throat> hold on, I need a sip on.
2: Me 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 me.
0: My throat is getting really dry. <laughs> Um. Well, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. This week, our feedback comes from Facebook and Twitter for our Willow commentary.
2: Oh my God! Way back to Christmas time.
0: Well, the thing is, is like I thought we caught up on ourselves because I forgot we did commentary, so I was like, oh, we went from Vision straight into Mando, and I forgot we did commentary. <laughs> And so, I, like, when I was looking up the, the the stuff, I was like, oh, fuck, there's like four episodes I forgot about. Oops. Oops. <laughs> that, was, that was Hope's fault. It's fine.
2: Hey, you know, three three 306 episodes you can forget.
0: So, I'm allowed. There.
2: <laughs> All right. So, from Twitter, Bucho says, This was delightful as heck. And I don't use that word lightly. But s- I love you. Don't
0: ever change. <laughs> I love you so much. I miss you, bro. I miss you, Bucho.
2: Hadn't seen Willow this millennium and forgot what a blast it was. Hey, neither had we. Work is so dang lovable it made dang lovable. It made me want to rewatch Life's Too Short and Kilmer is having such a ball it wanted me to it made me want to rewatch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which I've never seen, but lots of people have told me I should see that movie. I like Val Kilmer movies too. OK, then we got one from Patrick. Oh, my God. We got one from Patrick Delmore.
0: And I have a thing to say about this when you read it.
2: Patrick Delmore said, this has been a long time coming. Can't wait to hear this. Patrick, well, what he, did you he think? He he you heard didn't write now, Yeah, I, I, he must have heard it by now.
0: Patrick, what did you think? You didn't write anything else. I don't know what you thought of this. <laughs> like, I want to know. because
2: You never know how long somebody's to listen to. You know, it might have gone on his queue of podcasts, and who knows how long. You know, well, I'm, sure it's, know. I'm sure. I'm sure it's no gene list, but you know, it could be pretty long.
0: Patrick has been hounding us for years. Years to watch Willow. Like, at least, like. Like two, three, four years to watch Willow and to like do a commentary on it, and like so, I was like waiting for Patrick's reaction to us, and all he wrote was, "This has been a long time coming. Can't wait to hear this." And I'm like, "What did you think? <laughs> what did you think, Patrick? We did it for you.
1: <laughs> Patrick, it was all for you, Patrick."
0: Patrick, I want you to officially like send me a message, like and tell me your thoughts on our commentary, officially. just so I can like read it on the show and Don't have not send her
2: no unofficial message.
0: Yeah, That's I bullshit. want to know. I want to know what you thought, Pre- Patrick. We did it for you. <laughs> we're bad and we forgot candy.
2: Yeah. Next week. Uh,
0: next next what week we say. We up. Actually, I'm going to put it in big. Can- I'm going to put it right yeah. here. and big Because I took it out because we were doing other stuff. And I- it got taken out of the notes. So I'm just going to make it big, big words. <laughs> candy, Gandalf. Candy. So I will remember... <laughs> alright Chris did you have anything else for the prisoner I do not alright well where can people find you
2: you can find me at 2truefreaks.com is our gigundus vault of podcasts and with just a huge amount of different podcasts and an obscenely huge amount of, of individual episodes of podcasts I mean, look, we've thrown 306 in the pile already. More than 306 because we got some .5s in there, too. So, uh, yeah, you can check out all the Two True Freaks output there. Or you can uh, go to Facebook.com and go to the Two True Freaks podcast. And we post them all up there. And we have uh, Two True Freaks Cantina on Facebook, which is sort of our little hangout spot. And uh, what else? Oh, God. That's right, Twitter. Twitter, yeah.
0: I love it.
2: It's uh, we're on Twitter too.
0: Yeah.
2: And uh, and uh, you can just look up Jake Guys and Jedi and the man who listens to all the podcasts. That's that's Gene Gene the podcast machine. I'm going for the the classic t- this week.
0: Do do Gene. Actually, know I can do the better. A little bit
2: more on point. Ready? Da-da-da-da-da-da. Gene! Ooh, a little, yeah. A little Ooh, more personality in that one.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a for, for classic Gene, I gotta have a little razzle-dazzle in there, you It's know? sad because
2: I don't write anything down, but during the week I think of or different things to to hook onto the Gene <laughs> thing and then I forget I'm about But it's <laughs> time, time to record the show. But, yeah... That's all. That's that's where you can find me. Where can they find you, Hope?
0: You can find me at JS and Jedi on Twitter. I am just so everybody knows, I forgot to post our episode three until yesterday on Twitter. Because I'm so good at this. <laughs> um, you can also find me at Hope Molynex on Twitter. I am a writer for the Geeky Waffle, so you can find all my like, my reviews over there. I do a lot of writing. Um I just wrote a review view of the movie Sing 2 which is Sing is one of like my comfort in it. I watched it a lot and so I was really excited about Sing 2 and I really enjoyed it except for one storyline I can't believe got passed in the animation studio because it's fucking disgusting I can't believe they did that so you can write stuff like see me write stuff like that over there and I and I will it might be out by the time this comes out but I'm also occasionally on Space Waffles, which is my friend Arzu's podcast. Arzu was our guest last weekend. And it is the Geeky Waffle Star Wars podcast. And I'm about to be on their episode for Midnight Horizon. It's either about to come out or just came out right about the time this comes out. Because we're recording it in like oh like two weeks or something. So this should be coming out right about now. So you can hear me chat with Arzu over there. And we have a really good time. And yeah so check out space waffles and geeky waffles and if you like want to just go check out geeky waffles that's really fine because we're working to to get enough hits to monetize so yeah please go check out geeky waffles so hope can get paid
2: please hope i like it to get paid hope
0: is poor please
2: give (laughs) me the money
0: yeah yeah um so yeah
2: two more episodes left
0: I know, I know. And then bad, bad.
2: <laughs> this is just going along. There's two more episodes of the Book of Boba Fett left, too. It's just like. Yeah, it's
1: been
2: run, really crazy. They're running so incredible. Like, I was watching the, the, you know, just as people are listening. L- last week's Book of Boba Fett was the episode that was basically a Mandalorian episode. And I was watching it just going like, oh, Jesus, this is just like our, like, conversation last night. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many things we were talking about last night on and off air that are just getting like played out or like like underlined here. It was just it was just really weird, you know. Yeah. Wasn't expecting it in the middle of of Boba Fett.
0: You know, somebody compared it to, and I, and I really liked this analogy, um, that if the book of Boba Fett was a comic book, a comic book run, the Mandalorian episode would be like the annual
2: i almost think i almost think i'm gonna i'm gonna hold my opinion on why it was in there until the season's over because i have a feeling there's like we saw information in that show that we don't know that that it was information that was going to affect you know the future so so whatever happens in the future of boba fett it could It could directly you know they might have had to or they might have had to shore up every like my second thought on that is they might have had to shore up everything that the Mandalorian had in between so that when he shows up in the book of Boba Fett that everybody's clear on the timeline of where everything is and that it's clear rather because a lot of people get confused. With all the flashbacks and shit that happened, you know, the shit that happened in Boba Fett from the last, from, you know, Mandalorian and into this. And when was that happening? And is that happening now? Is this now or is this then? You know, so I, I think we'll know when it's all said and done, how, whether it fits or it was supposed to be just like, you know, just this crazy bonus episode, bonus episode of The Mandalorian or. Episode zero for season three, or whatever, but either way, I it, it, it's fine with me, <laughs>
0: yeah. I
2: but that I'll, is one I think thought we'll know I know more as it, as when it finishes up, you know.
0: that That is one thought I did have about the Mandalorian episode, which was I. I don't have a problem with it because I'm a deep diving fan. But like, what if yeah. you have like a casual fan who just watches the Mandalorian? Are they going to be lost when we come back to Mando season three and like, Dead has a new ship and like the dark city is not with the people anymore. Like, you know, how lost is a casual fan going to be? And so like, I, I I go back and forth about that because it's, it's the whole Darth Maul and solo thing.
2: I it, knew at, that's at the first of all
0: was fine, but like I remember after seeing solo explaining what Clone Wars was to people.
2: <laughs> at, at the very worst, they'll put a montage at the beginning of season three with the stuff from that episode and people go like, I don't remember that from season two <laughs> but they'll yeah. just go with it or something like that. But I don't know, we'll see. Yeah. Let's see, I, I imagine a lot of the people who watch Mandalorian prior watching Boba Fett too. I don't know. Uh,
0: yeah, but it's hard to tell because like I know my mom watched Mandalorian, but she hasn't mentioned Boba Fett at all. So my mom's a Star Wars like a casual Star Wars fan. I don't know if she's watching Boba. I don't you know, I don't everybody know.
2: Everybody I work with is, is watching both of them.
0: Yeah, I, I when when I think casual fan, I always think of like my mom, and my stepdad, who right. who likes yeah. who, are, who are Star Wars fans. They like Star Wars, but they certainly don't watch everything. Yeah, they like could They
2: probably couldn't construct a. You couldn't lay all nine movies out and say like, okay, put these in order. Except yeah. they have numbers on them. If you just yeah. did it by title, you know. Yeah. But.
0: Anyway, uh, come back next week. Yeah. John Carlos Esposito finally just joins the show, and I'm excited about it he he's very nice i've actually met john Carlos esposito he's oh. really he's really i met mean, him at a dragon con he was like in the walk of fame and like you know he was in once upon a time so like we talked like about like once upon a time stuff when i was a fan so yeah he's, he was a really super super sweet guy I, I have a picture of me meeting him so maybe that should-
2: have you <laughs> that ever should- seen breaking bad
0: no no That's but i hear i hear he's terrifying <laughs>
2: He's terrifying. I hear it. he's like, terrifying. Deep down, Hannibal Lecter, terrifying. It. And yeah. it's wonderful.
0: Most people are just like, oh, John Carlos Esposito from Breaking Bad. And I'm like, you mean from Once Upon a Time? <laughs> he's he's the magic mirror slash genie. <laughs> so that's where I know him from. But come back next week because we're going to be talking about The Reckoning.
2: Bye. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> that was Bye. <laughs>